Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back after a little bit of a long break. Um, well, it wasn't an intended break, but we got it anyways. Uh, hustling and working hard. I'm here, as always, with Daniel. How's it going, Dan? Hello? Dan, do I have you on the line? And of course, I'm very happy to be here talking about cool stuff. Obviously, uh, I'll be here for a while. I'm actually flying to Sweden for two days as well. I'll be in Stockholm before I get back to Finland for a few other meetings. But for now, things are fine. And I'm trying to make the most of uh, the culture shock that I experienced as soon as I landed, literally. (laughs) The fans are famous for being shy and introverted and not like talking to strangers. And I literally got almost a little bit depressed at first, like for the first few seconds. But now, fortunately, things are better. I already made a couple of friends and uh, I went to a couple of meetings. So uh, being surrounded by people around me, it's going to help me a lot, basically, to uh, tolerate, shall we say, this experience. But then again, I love Finland. I like the people of uh, Finland. I think they're wonderful people. And I hope that I can actually make the most of my stay here. Awesome. I, I guess uh, for for you, especially being uh, the the social person you are, that I know you as um, uh, having uh, people who are shy isn't the, the easiest easiest experience. <laughs> oh, uh, it's absolutely not because it's going to take a lot of uh, my time, basically, to uh, somehow get to know people. But fortunately, I'm doing my very best to make friends, uh, and of course. Having uh, basically the, uh, the the opportunity to be with my business partners here can give me a little bit of a relief temporarily, at least while we're working. Uh, but once we're done with working meetings, I got to somehow find some ways to go around it. And I think that's hopefully going to be done because I'm definitely going to have to come back to Finland at some point because we just established our company here. And so hopefully as time goes by and I will get you know more in tune with the uh, Finnish culture, hopefully things are going to get easier. We'll see about it. Awesome. All right, let's dive in. Um, today we are talking about well, we're talking. We're not talking about something specific. We're answering questions that people asked oh. of you uh, slightly okay. over a week ago. Um, now, uh, apologies to those guys who asked the questions and gals, and we didn't get to you immediately. But here you go. This is this is the time. This is the opportunity that we're gonna answer your questions. Well, not we, mainly Dan. This um, promise made. Promise kept. That's right. Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> exactly. Not, not, not like that. None of those promises. That's Anywho. Right. That's right. Okay. The first question is from somebody with a very uh, strange uh, user address. I'm just going to spell it out here. AMG2073 asks. Oh, you got to figure out why he called himself AMG. Because that's like, what, what? maybe it's like a Mercedes or something. That can definitely oh. help. Because I love the AMG series of Mercedes. And about Maybe. the name, I don't know exactly what happened. Perhaps it's the date. Probably it's the date that he probably lost his virginity while driving a Mercedes. I don't know. That's a possibility. Well, that could very well be. And now we're not here to <laughs> judge. Really, we're not here to judge. He's one of my followers on Instagram. He's a very, very nice right. guy. And he asks yeah. very interesting questions. So I'm glad to answer his question. Now let's go. Let's go for the one of them. Uh, he asks... What is the relation between happiness and expectation from others? Good question. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So first of all, as you might know, I'm already uh, basically one of the uh, students of Gary Vee, and he's a great mentor of mine. And he always says, keep your expectations to zero. Now, in this particular case, I don't quite agree with what Gary says, because 
yes, it is uh, going to make you much happier, but having zero expectations from others would also mean that you somehow cannot control the environment. I mean, imagine you are, let's say, a manager and you want to manage your staff and say, well, if they do this and then I'm not going to get angry. Instead, I will say I have no expectations. Yes, of course, having no expectations will relieve the pain, basically. But does that necessarily going to solve the problem or help you go to the next level? I highly doubt it. And for that very reason, I'm a fan of actually not having uh, no expectations from other people, but having it from the right people. I mean, because not everybody affects your life the same way. The influence you receive from someone who is working with you in your company is much higher than a random stranger leaving a social media comment on your, uh, basically, account or on your post that uh, you, you suck, for example, right? So, yes, if somebody leaves a bad comment on my page, I'm not going to care. Who cares, right? But what if, what if that person is your number one business partner and if he or she fails to deliver on what was uh, planned or arranged, uh, your, your entire company's future will be affected by that. So in that case, you can't say, well, he didn't do the project. So, OK, OK, have no expectations from other people. That's going to make you happy. But it's kind of like, you know, taking, I don't know, painkiller when your leg is broken. In this case, I believe you should have the right amount of expectation from the right people. So that's my personal approach to management and, and of course, to friendship in that do I have expectations from those around me? Yes, I do. For example, do I expect people to, I don't know, not punch me in the face? Of course I do. So what happens if somebody tries to punch me in the face? I don't know, some drunk guy. I'm going to have to use force. You can say, I'm not going to use uh, the Jesus metaphor of bring the other cheek and say, all right, now punch me on, on this side. Not going to happen. So do I have expectations? I do. Do I necessarily have the same expectations from everyone? Of course not. Other than, you know, if, if it comes like a total stranger, all I expect is my personal, uh, basically, boundaries. So no physical attack. You can shout, you can lie, you can make fun of me, you can curse. But if you want to use violence, I will end that violence myself. So that's for when it comes to like a stranger. But we cannot say the same thing uh, when it comes to, let's say, your very most important relationship in life it's your business partnerships, whether it's, let's say, your partner. So in those cases, you need to have some expectations. Otherwise, you will simply have no control and you don't even know what you can do about it. Because by knowing your expectations and letting others know about this, then you will have the chance to hopefully uh, realize those. So yes, maybe not having expectations will make you happier in the short term. But it's kind of like saying, well, uh, if you want to be happy, just simply start, I don't know, not thinking about anything and have no goals. Well, I've never been a fan of this approach. It does work. I mean, it's kind of like meditation where it's definitely effective. But there are also people who spend their entire lives meditating as monks, let's say, in Tibet, right? So that is one way to be happy is to have no goals and no expectations. But I don't think that's the way that I would like to go about it. Instead, my preference is... So that's not what I like to do about it. I, what I w instead would like to do is to simply find a way to exert more influence on my environment. And in that case, I actually have to simply have the right amount of expectations from the right people. Otherwise, there is almost no way to guarantee and ensure any uh, substantial outcome because all the big results in life is a result of teamwork. And I've mentioned time and again that you cannot do anything alone. Everything is about a result of teamwork. So in that case, you definitely have to express your expectations to your team, to those around you. Otherwise, you cannot be on the same page. So for that reason, maybe not having any expectations will make you happy in the short term. But that will not allow you to achieve your dreams and achieve your goals. Because to my, uh, basically, uh, uh, opinion, 
it really comes down and boils down to one thing, and that is being able to have the right people around you who know what you want and what you expect from them. So for that reason, I, I believe that true happiness comes from having the right amount of expectation with, from the right people. So from a total stranger, imagine somebody comes and starts, starts yelling at me and he's about to grab this bottle of beer and just going to go on my head. I'm not going to just say, that, okay, I have no expectations. I really hope that beer bottle doesn't hurt when it hurt, you know, hits my head. So I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, uh, somehow defend myself, right? So in that case, I do need to have an expectation, and that is don't hurt me. That's like simple, right? Just basic survival. Now, that's just for total stranger. Anything else is just beyond that. So am I going to be upset if somebody leaves a bad comment on my page? Of course not. Am I going to be very upset if somebody, that, uh, for example, does not have a huge influence on my future, will think of me in a very bad way? Of course not. But will I care about how, for example, my closest business partners are treating and behaving in this situation? Yes, because that's going to determine how well we're going to do in the future. So that is my personal approach towards this uh, basically concept. Uh, excellent. Now, with that, we're going we're gonna to move on. I'm not going to make too much comments on these because uh, I don't want this to drag on for far too long. Now, I'm going to move on to the next bit. Uh, now, the next person who asked a question is Ellie. Ellie asks, what is your philosophy on feminism? Wow. Well, having the experience now, uh, you know, uh, I really believe that I think feminism is just uh, overrated, really, because I'm currently right now located in Helsinki, Finland. And soon I'll be in uh, Sweden. And as you know, Scandinavia is thought to be like the haven for feminists and all that stuff. And uh, based upon what I have seen so far, it really is not as we think it is. Like uh, there is no such thing as cool, let's say, feminism. Women are stronger than men thing. Even women themselves don't want it. So uh, when it comes to feminism, my attitude is always the same. I believe that everything should be according to a way that makes both sides happy. So I'm... Personally, uh, not going to say that uh, feminism necessarily will, uh, I mean, in its extremist form, will necessarily make women happier, nor does it make men happier, right? So based upon my personal first-hand experience with feminism, I think that it's a good thing because at least it allows women to gain some of the power back that they've lost over the years uh, to men. But at the same time, unfortunately, some countries and some locales, they tend to somehow uh, go on the extreme end and they want to use feminism as a tool to create, you know, certain uh, problems societies that they can actually solve later by being elected. So in that case, I'm against extreme forms of feminism, just like I'm against extreme anything, really. And I believe that women should be given equal rights, but treating women as, as if they are men is never going to help women. It also will not help men because both sides have to be somehow linked. And because of this, I really believe that a balanced approach to feminism that respects women, values them, and considers them having equal rights as men is indeed the best approach towards uh, running societies. However, treating women like men or expecting them to be like men will end up hurting both women and men in the end. So a modern, more uh, basically uh, moderate approach to feminism, I really believe uh, is the best. So I'm not so much a fan of the, uh, let's say European style of feminism. Uh, at the same time, I don't think that women should be just staying at home moms and just cook and you know raise children because that's also very old fashioned. So a good balance, a healthy balance, I think, between the two is probably the best way to go. Lovely. And um, ba basically what I hear from the past two answers, you're you're a big fan of balance and uh, not going to two both extremes, which Absolutely. is. On yeah. either side, because here's the thing. You know why I say this? Because balance is hard. 
there's a reason why, let's say, in social media, you find so many extreme, uh, basically, solutions. Because extreme solutions are always easy to hear, easy to understand, easy to apply. And unfortunately, people prefer to have easy solutions. Now, Gary Vee, of course, he's a great hero of mine. He's a great mentor of mine. But ultimately, he's obviously uh, basically uh, an influencer. So he needs to say the kind of things that will ultimately uh, basically attract the most amount of attention. Now, that doesn't mean that what Gary Vee says is wrong anyways. But as I mentioned earlier, each one of my mentors are there for a specific reason. So uh, the kind of advice I get from Gary Vee is generally about social media. So I don't take psychology advice from Gary Vee. I also don't take advice regarding education or learning because Gary Vee is not an expert on any of those uh, basically objects. And he does not really know so much because he was, you know, uh, let's say he didn't even go to college. So I'm not going to take advice about whether or not I should go to college from Gary Vee, nor will I take advice about happiness. But will I listen carefully and write down and jot down every single word he says and religiously follow what he says about what I do with my social media? You bet. Will I listen very carefully about what he says about entrepreneurship online? You bet. But none of my mentors are like a, a religious figures that I follow completely. And I actually analyze uh, their uh, basically ideas. So pretty much whatever Gary Vee says about psychology, because that's a field that I have studied very much, from my point of view, is complete bullshit. But he has to say those things to attract the attention because he loves to give a lot of easy answers because easy answers generally bring the highest amount of views and likes because it's very simple and people like simple answers. So for the same reason that I like balance, I do not take extreme solutions from anyone, including my own mentors. And I do that basically tend to take my advice for different fields from different mentors. So when it comes to Gary, for example, because that's exactly one of the things Gary said. And when we got this question from AMG, he probably has seen that, of course, because I follow Gary Vee and I love him to the bottom of my heart so much. He's probably the number one uh, basic guru in social media and entrepreneurship, uh, basically the new style of entrepreneurship. So I listen to him religiously and I follow every single thing he says about social media, about TikTok. The moment he said that you got to have TikTok, I just went like a baby. Just, yes, sir. I just got a TikTok. But when it comes to happiness, well, I necessarily listen to uh, basically uh, uh, Gary Vee. First of all, I'm not sure he's the happiest person on earth to give advice about these things. In, in, in one of his uh, basically uh, shows, he was uh, like airplane project. He was talking about how he was abused as a child and how people made him drink some piss or something. And these things necessarily are not going to mean that you will have uh, problems in the future, but that doesn't mean that he's the best expert on the issue of happiness. However, will I care about basically what he says about social media? Yes. So those who are listening right now, be aware that social media, especially social media, is filled with easy extremes, which is on both sides. I see a lot of these so-called entrepreneurs say things like, I'm always alone, and kings hang out alone, or these things. Like, 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 and who are these people? Are these successful entrepreneurs? No, there are some loners who think that that's going to give them you know, highest amount of likes, because unfortunately, we have a lot of loners down in the modern world. So I don't just take advice just because it sounds cool. I actually try to take their advice. And the advice of have no expectation from other people, it sounds cool. It generates the highest amount of likes and views. And it's just so easy to follow. And just like all simple solutions, uh, like kind of like sugar, it has instant impact. Because if you don't give a shit, you don't feel bad. And that works. And you feel like, yes, I feel good. What Gary Vee said was right. And this is, of course, pretty much marketing. If you want to know more about this, by the way, I recommend you a great book, uh, basically by uh, Ryan Holiday. And he says, trust me, I'm lying. And uh, 
he talks about the fact that in media, especially social media and other media, we have to sometimes uh, say these simple things because they attract the highest amount of views because of the simplicity. But I'm not going to go into details on that. So should you have no expectations? Absolutely not. You should have expectations, but there should be balance in a way that is from the right people. Awesome. Now, we're moving on to our next question from Ronin, I believe, I, if I say that correctly. If I'm butchering What's it, that? I'm so Ronin? sorry. Ronin? What is that? Yeah. yeah. So the Ronin. question... Ronin. Yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. Ronin the yeah. Outcast. I know him. Yeah. Uh, He's also a good guy. Mm, the Outcast. Wow. Cool. All right. Well, he asks, where would you like to be reborn and as which race? Well... Obviously, I'm not racist uh, because uh, I don't think that race necessarily makes a huge difference, especially when it comes to, you know, choosing your future. That really doesn't matter. But if you were talking about where do you think I was uh, going to be born if I had the chance again, I probably it depends you know, on whether or not I will maintain my level of awareness as it is today or not. Because if we were to somehow think of some AI technology that would allow me to somehow copy my brain, and then when I'm reborn, I will then have access to what I've learned throughout my previous life, then of course I would like to be born in a new place that I have no experience and to experience something new. But generally speaking, I really don't believe that uh, asking these kind of questions necessarily will make you any happier because I don't think that our origins really matter. What truly matters is where we're going. For example, Bill Gates once said that if you were born poor, that is not your fault. But if you die poor, that is your fault. But the same token, I really believe that it's not the origins that will make the difference. It is not where you were born. I know a lot of people who are born in extremely, uh, basically well-off families in some of the best countries in the world, and they're just losers, total losers. Nobody knows them, nothing happens, and they don't do anything. On the other hand, I also know some people come from very, very tough backgrounds, and they end up oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, they end up contributing the most to society. So I don't think that origins really matter. I really believe what truly matters is what you make the most of whatever situation you find yourself in as a child, and more importantly, the importance of mentorship, because we are humans. As humans, uh, we are social creatures, and what keeps us all together as humans is, of course, our environments, but if you are really smart in the modern world. You have the opportunity to surround yourself with whoever you want. It's called the internet and it's called online mentorship. So it doesn't matter. You, you could be born in some wealthy country. You could be born in some uh, difficult country. Ultimately, what truly matters is who you are, how resourceful you are, and what you surround yourself with. And because of this, I really couldn't care less where I was born, which race I was born. I could have been born, uh, you know, Asian, probably I was Asian in the previous life. I don't know, really. I just love the Chinese culture and all that stuff. Like, it's just so fascinating. I could have been, I don't know, born probably a Viking or something. That's another culture that's very interesting, you know, I have a lot of interest in. But quite frankly, I just really don't care where I would have been born because it doesn't matter where you're born. I have worked in many countries around the world. I speak, you know, different languages. And what I've realized is it's the same everywhere, man. You can go to a country that is supposed to be high in welfare, like, and for me, that's like you know, Finland is the first time where I'm here. And you see the exact same problems that, you know, we have inner city kids in Chicago. And I don't know, uh, for example, troubled kids in the Middle East or, I don't know, uh, poor kids in, uh, in China. So given my experience and having the fact that I had to uh, work in different uh, countries and, you know, in different languages, what I realize now is that it really doesn't matter where you're born. All that matters is who you are and people who can think well oftentimes have a great life no matter where they are. And of course, they can 
uh, take into uh, you know consideration the fact that they are they have this mobility in the modern world that can allow them to move around. So in the modern world, with our technologies and knowledge and all those things, I don't think that really matters where you're born. All that matters is where you're going. That's the right attitude. Excellent. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. We're moving on to Mary, who. Um, Ask, what is your opinion about fashion and style, and how do you choose what to wear? Very nice, very nice. Well, the problem, I, I think, when it comes to fashion and grooming for most men is that most of us as men are not taught the importance of dressing well. And the only type of people who, among men who actually care about their appearance is the gay men. And I really think that's such a, such a terrible thing that only gay men have access to these things. And... The majority of these straight men do not even know how to dress properly because we have never been taught. However, the fact of the matter is that the way a man dresses matters, especially when it comes to uh, heterosexual males who want to attract females. Because um, men just say, it doesn't, it's all about money and it's all about muscles. No, it isn't. Uh, basically, I, I personally have, uh, I go to the gym every single day and uh, I don't really believe that just having big muscles is necessarily going to attract a girl nor is it just having money. So in reality, the way a man dresses not only shows basically his background, I mean, the way you dress sig signals who you are as a person, it also shows how creative he is as a person. It's a sign of paying attention to details, which is, by the way, quite rare among men. Now, ironically, men who pay attention to their clothing generally receive much better feedback from the opposite gender. So this whole realm of fashion for gay men only, I think it belongs to the last century. In the modern world, and the men who want to have a good future, they must take care of their appearance. And they say, well, women should not be shallow. They should like me for who I am. Well, I work in business since I was 17, I can tell you this, that it is always about the, you know, the appearances. It is about the first, uh, basically, impression. And the way you dress does matter. If a girl has seen you for the first time dressed in you know, dirt and, like, uh, shitty, I don't know, clothes, don't be surprised if she does not give you the time of the day to actually, you know, show your good personality because she was not going to care, right? So the way a man dresses is important. And uh, since it's not taught so much, uh, I had to somehow create my own approach towards fashion because unfortunately the majority of fashion shows that uh, feature men generally are targeted to a gay audience, which is why I don't like it because it doesn't suit my style. So quite frankly, I had to recreate my style both casually and informally uh, as well as formal uh, dressing in my life. Uh, of course, uh, I'm more on the formal side than the casual. I tend to dress at least 80% of the time uh, basically formally. Uh, but of course, I do like to uh, experiment with uh, casual clothing as well, uh, especially, you know, outside of work and business. So ultimately, for me, that's a creative challenge that I really enjoy doing. And I would like to focus mainly on color, basically compositions, as well as color matching, because that's very, very important. Again, most guys, I've heard like a lot of guys are just colorblind. They don't even know the difference between this one, like light blue and dark blue and all that stuff. So these things do matter, and I believe that we should all create a sense of personal style. So do I occasionally go through, I don't know, uh, certain uh, male magazines to somehow figure out? Yes, of course, I do follow them very much. Uh, basically, I regularly browse through uh, basically male magazines to know what are the newest trends. But do I necessarily follow those trends uh, just because it's right now on, on the, I don't know, latest issue of, I don't know, this magazine? Of course not. I'm not going to do that. I prefer to create my own style. So I think the best approach is to, number one, follow the trend, mainly with certain types of 
uh, basically male magazines, except for Playboy and uh, Maxim, obviously, and then try to also create their own touch to your clothing and focus mainly on colors because uh, generally most people notice colors much more than they notice brands. A lot of men, unfortunately, they are so much fixated on, oh, check this out. I got this, I got this suit for $5,000. Well, you know, a girl's not going to care if your suit is $5,000 or, I don't know, $3,000. That's not going to make a huge difference. But the way you put the colors together, that will make a huge difference because it shows your personality. So for me, that's just a creative endeavor that I really like. It's more like a hobby, if you will, that I uh, truly enjoy. And uh, I prefer to create my own approach to fashion. And I don't like to follow trends very much. Excellent. Okay, now the next question is from Milad who asked, what is your biggest fear? That's a good question. Wow. Quite frankly, I, I've been asked this question a couple of times, basically, and uh, some of them actually make jokes on my page, like, oh, cockroaches, I'm pretty sure about that. But uh, the fact of the matter is that my biggest fear, believe it or not, is not having the opportunity to truly realize my potentials. Because I believe that for all of us right now, deep down inside, our biggest fear is not even the fear of death. It is the fear of dying before we have the chance to play the music inside. One of the biggest tragedies of uh, the modern day and age is that a lot of us, we go to our grave with our music still in us. We haven't played that music. We haven't truly expressed ourselves. So that is wow. my biggest fear, which is why I am living life with a sense of urgency. Because now we're here today, uh, Pujix, you and I, and talking. And uh, I have plans for the next probably 30 years of my life written planned with deadline and organized and uh, constantly reviewed. But just because I have a plan for the next 30 years of my life, almost on a very, very precise basis, that doesn't mean I got 30 years to live. Maybe I'll be here tomorrow. Maybe I won't very be true. here tomorrow. Maybe I will have a problem. So life is kind of like that. You never know how long it's going to last. But knowing the fact that you uh, basically are uh, on the path towards something gives you a great sense of happiness and joy. And for that reason, the ultimate fear for me right now in life is the fear of not achieving and realizing my true potential, which I have learned from my teachers, because I really do want to go to my grave with my music fully played out. That's really my biggest desire. And the biggest fear, of course, is the exact opposite. Wow, that's actually very well said. And I, I, and I appreciate that. I, I, I want to make a comment on this one because I fully agree with you. And I think... Uh, uh, people always ask me, they're like, oh, okay, like, let's forget about afterlife. Why don't you fear death? And I'm like, I fear, yeah, I fear dying useless. I fear dying, as you put it, I think that was beautiful, uh, with my music in me. But if I put it out there, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly satisfied. So, exactly. so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because people, again, the fear of death, three really, is the fear of not playing that music inside of you. And then saying, oh my gosh, my life is gone, and I'm 55, 65, 85, and I haven't done anything. That is one thing I don't want to have, which is why I would like to hustle, because uh, it's really one of the worst feelings probably in the world is to be 85. Start from zero right then and there. I won't wait. I'll try to still play that music. But ultimately, you got to do that, man. Live life with a sense of urgency. It is really, don't take it for granted, man. Just life is so valuable. It's so precious. And the last question, uh, but not least, uh, uh, it's from Bitanev or something like that. I hope I'm That's not right. butchering the name. Uh, 
uh, he or she asks, what are the benefits of learning the Mandarin language? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, if you've heard about the trade war between the United States and China, you know that China is up to something. And if that wasn't the case, uh, America would not try so hard to create this ba balance in terms of trade. China is going to be a major world power in the coming decades. It is thought to even exceed the United States in terms of 10 years. Now, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen to the level that the U.S. currently has because of the system in China, because of the fact that it's a, communism, uh, a communistic nation, and communism does not have a good trace and a track record in the history. So because of that, I don't think so that China will have the best future of all, but China is going to be a major, major global player, both in terms of uh, basically technologies and also in terms of uh, global warming. And because of this uh, you know, influence of China, obviously knowing the Chinese language can help you a lot. The other reason that I like to, uh, you know, I think learning Chinese is very important is that the number of speakers is actually exceeds the number of English speakers. So it's one, as the most widely spoken language in the world, which is Mandarin Chinese, spoken mainly in China, because we have two types of Chinese, of course. We have Cantonese Chinese spoken in Hong Kong, and we have Mandarin Chinese, which is spoken basically in uh, basically China, China mainland. mainland. And uh, I'm, when I'm talking about Chinese, I mean uh, Mandarin Chinese, which is uh, Putonghua, uh, basically in the uh, actual Chinese language, which is called the common language. And this language is very different uh, from uh, Cantonese. And I believe that by learning that language, a few things happen. Number one, it's one of the biggest joys because it's a huge challenge to learn Chinese because there's, there are no alphabets, only characters. And the biggest challenge of all, of course, is the tones because in Chinese, tones change the meaning. So uh, the word wu and the word wu have different meanings. And this creates such a challenge in speaking as a foreigner that you really have probably the biggest uh, mental challenge uh, for yourself, which is very fun. Secondly, Chinese is an asset now in the world of business and uh, for, from now on. Right now, Chinese companies are almost everywhere and they are hiring on a massive scale. Just imagine the, the opportunity that it gets you financially and in terms of your career by just knowing Chinese on your resume. It's just a huge source of help. And finally, basically, I work in trade and business. And I've realized that in any country I am, doesn't matter where it is, knowing that country's language can immensely help in getting good deals, whether it's in business or in other areas. So by knowing Chinese, you will have the chance to actually uh, find some of the cheapest products around the world with the highest quality, because a lot of those things are simply not available from the vendors who speak English. So that gives you, a, if that doesn't give you enough financial incentive, I really don't know what does, because you, I mean, who, who doesn't want to save a lot of money on good products? So ultimately, all of these factors are going to uh, somehow convince uh, basically our listeners to give Chinese a try. Now, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be easy, of course. And the biggest challenges for most speakers, obviously, will be the tones as well as uh, learning the characters. The good news is you don't have to actually learn the characters very much. You can just recognize them. And you can even type in using pinyin, which is like the romanticized version of uh, basically uh, uh, the Chinese characters. So you don't necessarily have to learn to write them down. But by just a little bit of practice, I guess, and probably in a matter of two or three years, you can have a very basic knowledge of Chinese that can help you tremendously in your career, in the future. And I think it's one of the best, you know, mental challenges you can go for. And why not give it a shot and try to not only uh, sh uh, somehow uh, improve the quality of your CV, but in reality, enjoy the process and just try to amuse some of these Chinese tourists that are almost everywhere with your Mandarin Chinese. Why not give it a shot? 
Excellent. And with that, we have come to the end of yet another episode, specifically Ask Dan Anything episode. Thank you for your questions. And thank you for all of the time that you put in answering them, Dan. Oh, first of all, I want to thank you for arranging this because I know it was hard for you to do that. And secondly, I want to thank all of our uh, basically listeners. Once again, I picked only 10 of your questions. You've had some of the questions. I tried my very best to answer all of them, either by direct DMs. And of course, some questions were not necessarily relevant. Some of them were actually quite personal questions about me or something, which I uh, uh, could not share on the, uh, uh, the podcast. But generally, I want to thank all of you for your questions. And we chose these 10 as uh, the top because they allowed us to actually save time and to make this episode as short as possible because I understand that most of our listeners, you prefer uh, basically uh, shorter episodes than longer ones. And we did our very best to keep this as short and concise as possible. Thank you very much, Pujas, for your wonderful performance as always. And of course, it's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. And I uh, unfortunately had to cut a couple of them for the timing issue. Um, so I think we answered seven or eight questions. Any, anyhow, anyhow, so uh, thank you again. And uh, thank you guys for the questions. Please keep them coming. I'm sure Dan will be uh, excited to answer them and uh, uses that opportunity to basically um, uh, yeah, get his experience, get his uh, vision out there. And I know a lot of you guys want to hear about that. Now, until a later great, lovely episode, have a great day, week, and month. See you folks soon. Take care. Thank you.